0: Good morning, it is time to get started this morning, it's an icy cold morning outside but it's warm in here and it's good that we can all be together to worship our Lord. Uh, If you're visiting with us, take a moment to fill out a visitor's card, we would like to have a record of your attendance, make note of anything that you need help with, anything we can assist you with, we're here to, to serve, so if we can help you with that, make that known on the back uh pick up a Rome journal in the back for our news events um sick list that we need to uh, folks we need to pray for uh to keep in mind uh that's all in the Rome journal in the back Dave will have the announcements later this morning we have revamped our life groups for 2024 so pick up a life group sheet in the back uh, one announcement before we begin, the elders-deacons meeting for tonight has been postponed, not canceled, postponed, so uh, we'll take care of that whenever it falls out outside. Let's start with a word of prayer, please. Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity we have to assemble together, for the freedom that we have to worship you the way that you call us to. We're thankful, Father, for the church here, for what it means to us, for the place that we have in it, the things that we're involved in, the things that we're doing, Father, may they be a blessing to you, a blessing to this community. We're mindful, Father, of many who are hurting, many on our minds who are struggling with with health, um, physical health, mental health, uh, spiritual health, just help us to be an encouragement to them, help us to reach out to them, help us to, to do what we can to alleviate their burden. We're thankful, Father, for the gift of your son, for all that we have in him and through him, and we're thankful for the opportunity we have to remember him and his sacrifice this morning. Guide us throughout this service, Father. Guide us throughout our lives. Help us to always be a reflection, an example of your love. Help us when we struggle. Forgive us when we sin. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand for the first song, please?
1: First hymn this morning, number 438, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.
2: My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ.
1: Next time this morning, number six hundred and eighteen, sweet hour of prayer. Six hundred and eighteen. Now to this end, Brother James Ward, we'll have our scripture reading and prayer.
2: Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer.
3: Go to God in prayer. Our most righteous and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you at this point of the service, giving you praise and honor, Father. Father, we come thankful and grateful for all the good things that you provide to us each and every day. For the ability to come here and worship you, Father, in peace and comfort. We're thankful. Father, we pray for those that are unable to do that, whether they are uh, in other countries where they don't have the abilities to be able to worship as freely as what we do here. We're grateful to have those abilities. Father, as we continue through our service, and pray that we hear the words that are spoke by Chris, and that we can adapt and and change our our uh, lives, Father, and uh, take those in and be able to spread your message to others that haven't come to know you yet. Thank you so much, Father, for your love, for your forgiveness, and most of all, for the sacrifice of your son. Pray that we never take that for granted and that we always look uh, to you for guidance in our lives. Please be with us. Watch over us, protect us. It's through your son's name that we pray. Amen. Scripture readings from Second Peter, chapter two, verse four and five. 2 Peter two four and five. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. Bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly.
1: <clears throat> Next in this morning, number 916 Come share the Lord. <clears throat> <clears throat> we gather
2: here in Jesus' name. <clears throat> <how> <clears throat>
4: Morning. As uh, we prepare ourselves to take the Lord's Supper this morning, I want to kind of back us up a little bit to um, a kind of a precursor to the the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper that Jesus obviously instructs us how we ought to do it. And I want to go back to the deliverance from Egypt and and the the plagues of the of the Egyptians. And I want to go back over back to the the Passover the Passover feast it was celebrated in Jewish tradition because they put the the lamb's blood among, among on the mantles of the doorways so that the death angel would pass that house and go on and and not kill the firstborn of, of that family and um, I think it's important that we note that when when Jesus is talking about the 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 Last Supper the the communion meal, so to speak. It is at the time of Passover. And um, that, that was a feast that the, the Jewish people would, would celebrate, the deliverance that, that God had given them. And and now Jesus is kind of changing the game here. He's going from the Old Testament salvation of the firstborn of the Jews with the, the lamb's blood, and he's transitioning to the, the New Testament, the New Covenant, and what he is about to do, with his blood. And I think it's important that we we think on that, of, of what the timing of what Jesus does. I think he does that for an intentional reason. And when we prepare ourselves now for the Lord's Supper, uh, there is a certain way that we come to do that, just as there is a certain way that they were instructed to do that in the, the Old Testament, in the, the book of Exodus. So I want to turn to um, First Corinthians, um, I think I lost it. Chapter 10, 11, sorry. Um, and I want to read some, I guess, rebuke that Paul has given the church at Corinth of how they were doing their, um, fellowship meals, and some instructions on how to prepare yourself for the Lord's Supper. So 11, chapter, verse 17 um, through verse 26. Uh, In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and that to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have been differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting on anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? For what shall I say to you? I shall praise you for this. Certainly not. For I received him, the Lord, that I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "This is my body, for which is for, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, "This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you do this." Whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance for me. For whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Uh, The the Jewish people had the Passover feast to remember their being saved from the, the death plague of Egypt. We, as the New Testament church, we remember the communion meal, we celebrate the, the Lord's Supper, that we remember what Jesus did for us, the shedding of his blood and the breaking of his body for the forgiveness of our sins. Um, let's pray together for the bread at this time. Dear Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice, for your willingness to offer your body as a, a sacrifice for for our sin, that we might be justified to God by your by your willingness to stand in our place. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow with me as we, we say a prayer for the fruit of the vine. Father, we're so thankful for, for Jesus and his willingness to shed his blood um, for our forgiveness, to stand in our place. Um, Father, I pray as we, as we take this cup that we remember Jesus and his sacrifice for us and the, the hope that we have through him. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This concludes our our Lord's Supper service this morning but as we have the the men together we take this time to collect an offering our contribution of, to do the Lord's work in our community we have a mission to spread the gospel to disciple the the believers in our our local church and to, part of doing that is taking up a contribution so that we can fund the activities that are necessary to make that happen. If you'll bow with me. Dear Lord, I thank you again for this morning that we have to worship together. Father, I ask that you take our our contribution this morning and you use it uh, for your work. Uh, Give the the elders the guidance and um, wisdom to, to distribute it in a way that best supports the mission that we have here. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 234, Higher Ground. We'll sing the first, first three verses. It's at this time, the young children to
2: the children's parlor.
1: to him this morning number 337 is thy heart right with God this time brother Chris
5: good morning it's good to see each one of you with us this morning be turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter 6 uh, today is the third installment of our series on Genesis we're going through uh, the, the first four major events that uh, Genesis is outlined with four major events. They all start with the word with the letter F. So you've got the formation of the world, right? And the creation. You've got the fall of man with Adam and Eve, sin. You've got the flood, which we're dealing with today, and then the fallout, meaning the Tower of Babel, that we'll deal with next week. Um, and then at the end, from Genesis 12 all the way through the end of the book, he'll deal with four characters: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's son, Joseph. Uh, So that's how Genesis is outlined, but it's really talking about how to be devoted. From the very beginning of time, God has always wanted devoted people. He doesn't doesn't deal with or He doesn't lean into, He can't work through half-hearted people. And the flood is example number one. Um, uh, of that fact. So let's let's look in Genesis chapter 6 and we're going to meet Noah and we're going to figure out how to live well in a world gone wrong. Noah's world had gone wrong, hadn't it? But so has ours. So we need to know what Noah knew. Noah lived well in a world that had gone crazy a world that didn't care anything about God's standards of morality or his doctrine, what he wanted from them, they didn't, they didn't care. But Noah found favor in God's sight. So I want to know what Noah, what Noah knew so I can live well in a world gone crazy. That's, that's what we're talking about this morning. So grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 6. Let's meet Noah. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. That last phrase, it deserves its own underline, um, but there's not many people in Scripture that are said to have walked with God. In fact, one of Noah's ancestors, Enoch, he walked with the Lord and he was taken. He was, he's one of the two guys that was taken up into heaven before He died. Enoch and Elijah was the other one. Um, But he was said to have walked with God and was so righteous that apparently God took him before his death. Noah is another man who walks with God. So what does that mean exactly? Well, let's walk through some of these terms. Noah is righteous. What what does it mean to be righteous? Well, in, in this instance, um, it's, it's really a word that is a reference to Noah's favor, um, his, the way he was viewed by the people around him. How did the world look at Noah? It has some overlap, it means some things to God as well. But the majority of this word seems to indicate this is how his world, the people who are evil, the people that don't care anything about how God would have them to live or who He wants them to be, they don't care about any of those things. How did they view Noah? Well, they thought he was righteous. That's interesting, right? Um, They couldn't lay. Even this wicked, horrid generation couldn't lay a credible threat at Noah's door. They couldn't couldn't accuse him of anything, not not in it be credible. They probably made up some lies about him, right? But overall, Noah was a, a righteous man. There wasn't anything that they could have said about him that would have been true. Now, did they try? I'm sure they tried, right? I know that there were blasts aimed at Noah. I can't imagine a man living in this generation, and you know this well because you see this in our generation, don't you? A man living in this generation who cares only what God thinks about him. He doesn't, he doesn't care not care what any of the rest of the people around him think about him, he's only living his life to please God. Now, does that offend people? You better believe it does, doesn't it? That, 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 that shoves people away from us. When when I live my life not to please you, but only to please him, it pushes you away, doesn't it? And we don't like that. And, and I'm sure the people in Noah's day didn't like that either. And so I know there were, there were gossips told about him. I know that there was slander and lies against Noah. I can envision that, and I know you can too, and you've probably experienced some of that too, haven't you, as you've tried to live righteous lives before God. In our current culture, that's one of the things that happens to us, isn't it? And I'm I'm sure it was one of the things that happened to Noah as well. I can't imagine um, that he would make it a day Without having to forgive someone, Noah was the ultimate cheek turner. He was the one that, in his generation, the only one, I would imagine, who loved like he was supposed to, who let people off the hook, but held them accountable to God's laws, but let them off the hook as they offended him. It's hard, right? I can envision a scenario in which someone tried to break up Noah's marriage. I can envision a scenario in which someone tried to hurt or lie against or be mean to or affect the way his children live their lives. You're beginning to see what kind of culture this is and what kind of word Righteous means when it's applied to Noah. This guy turned the other cheek. Like Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. He is hes righteous. He's a good man. And even people who disagreed completely with his way of life, with his priorities and what he was concerned about, they didn't care about any of those things. And they thought all that was silly at the, at the, at the least. And foolishness, a waste of time. Stupidity at the most. Noah had to confuse these people. Why was he living like this? Why would he make these sacrifices? Why, why would he deny himself the, these pleasures that everyone else, literally every other person in his culture is partaking of in bountiful ways? Why is he denying himself those things? Foolishness. That's what they would have said. Noah would have a different encounter there, wouldn't he? He would have he would look at that differently, wouldn't he? But even they couldn't lay a credible claim against this good man. That's how they—that's how he was viewed by the people around him. He was—he was righteous, despite all of their sin, despite all the darts they hurled at him, despite all—all all the muck the mud that they threw at him, despite all the offenses. I don't know what Noah did for a job. We're not told. I doubt he was a (laughs) shipbuilder before Genesis 6. I don't think they had ships. So I don't know what he did for a job, but I can imagine he was passed over time after time for promotions. I can imagine that he was degraded. Um, I can imagine that he paid a tax because of his way of life that no one else in the area or in the world paid. They would have taxed him. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Probably, literally, taxed him with these unjust weights. Like, he would have gone to the marketplace and what uh, a loaf of bread for everyone else would have been a dollar, but for him it was five dollars. I think that would probably have been true, too. But they would have taxed him in the ways that maybe you're thinking of. They would have... He wouldn't have had any friends. Um... He wouldn't have been able to confide in anyone. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have had these relationships that you have. In fact, if Noah had walked into our building this morning, he would look around and his jaw would have dropped. Just to think of how many Christians are here who were trying to live their lives for him. It, it would have Noah would be flabbergasted at this, at this scene. So many of us who are wholeheartedly trying to follow God. Because that's not something he's accustomed to. In fact, it seems like he probably would have never seen that. Not in his day. Not in his 500 years. No one else followed. He was all alone. Put yourself in that that shoe for a bit and, and walk around and just feel the loneliness and how hard that must have been. He's righteous. He never never falters. He never reacts with anger when someone is angry at him. He lets offenses go. He turns the other cheek. He forgives. He loves. That's who this guy is. He's righteous. So underline righteous in your Bible and put some side notes in the margin there that help you remember that word and its meaning. He, He turns the other cheek. Uh, he's also a blameless man. So, what does blameless mean? Well, if righteous was more of his uh, view from man, blameless is more of his view of God. How did God view this guy? Well, he's he's blameless. In fact, this exact word is used in Leviticus one verse three for sacrifices that were unspotted. They, they didn't have any problems. There weren't any insufficiencies or uh, this is this is. Perfect. Noah sinned, right? He sinned, but whatever God looks at in man, whatever He looks at, whatever He wants man to have, Noah had it. He was he was blameless. He's a good man. He followed.